Nation. Providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength, health and mindset, inside and out. With your hosts, Steve Katarzy and Bryn Jenkins. Oh, you know what? I love these conversations. When you go into something with a view, you're going to cover off a whole bunch of stuff. You don't cover off any of it, but instead you go down this unscripted, meandering path of getting to know yourself a little bit better, reminding yourself of the things you've forgotten, getting to know the person you're speaking to at a deeper level, and just walk away, maybe a little bit more inspired to take action. That is the conversation we had today. It's a conversation that started and was rooted in the essence of inspiration. Bryn's reading a book by Tony Robbins. I mentioned that, you know, Tony Robbins really put my life on a different direction in my early 20s. We then talk about the frustrations and annoyances of really young life coaches that claim to know it all and how I think they could approach things differently to be valuable to not only young people, but people older than them without coming across so naive. We talk about how you're in your 30s, you know infinitely more about yourself and those around you than you do in your 20s. We talk about life wisdom of, you know, someone in their 60s versus the currency of someone in their 20s and 30s and how you can't ignore either. And um, what else do we talk about? We talk about the most important piece of advice I would offer a young person right now or myself when I was much younger. And I'm actually doing that for my kids as we speak. And then we kind of round things off by talking about my insatiable curiosity that can be absolutely fatiguing for those around me, as well as an acknowledgement that it just seems to be an ever-increasing amount of successful introverts in business, taking in some cases extremely successful leadership roles in huge companies. So we just kind of unpack that a little bit. Look, guys, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Hopefully you just listen in and it provokes a few thoughts of your own as well. Love to hear your comments if you have any. Enjoy. We'll speak to you soon. What's this book you're reading? Uh, so at the moment I'm reading Unshakable by Tony Robbins. Um, you've met him a few times, right? Uh, have you met him or just gone to his events? Um, I've been to his events. Right. Obviously, I've shaken his hand and stuff. He won't know me from Adam, but yeah, yeah. I've I've seen him live. How are you finding the book? Uh, great. It's um well, it's actually a book based on finances. Um, so it's like how to invest your money and about saving your money and just um on a path to financial freedom. Um, so yeah, it's good. I mean, Lisa listened to it and she found it a bit dull, but I, I'm really enjoying it. Have you not but, read it, any of his other books? No, this is the first book. I mean, I've, I've, I've watched his, um, documentary on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously now this is the first book I've read. Um, but as a person, I think he's, he's an incredible guy, right? So the, every, um, bit of profit that comes from this book is being, um, or is feeding people around the world. And he's, he's, I think he's close to feeding a billion people. Like, really? Yeah. Wow. He's close to feeding a billion people, which is pretty cool. Right. No, he's, he is incredible. Yeah. He is incredible. If you do get the chance to go to one of his, his, uh, events, you should, he, I d I mean, he's getting on and he has a grueling schedule and I think he might 
I don't know, maybe trying to dial down some of the cheaper events and mm -hmm. just doing the more exclusive ones. Uh, but he used to one call, do one called Unleash the Power Within. Yeah. UPW. I've seen uh, that, Which right. I think is like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. Three-day, uh, 16 to 18 hours within, you know, a, a massive hall. Yeah. Like a, like, you know, it's, it's like as if you're yeah, a rock concert, like music is yeah, blaring, people Blair jumping up and down. Yeah, keep you going. Um, I took Michelle once. Yeah. I've been there, I think, two or three times. Over here in the UK? Or in the UK, in Excel, yeah. Excel London. And it was incredible, man. Both both times. But the reason I went to that was because I, I initially read his book called Awaken the Giant Within that my HR manager at the time yeah. gave me when I was going through a bit of, bit of trouble in my first proper job. And um, I decided to read it. And I was a very slow reader. And I wasn't someone who really enjoyed reading. Mm -hmm. After months of having it in my desk, I decided to flick through and I read like a couple of pages a day, but eventually started getting momentum and read through it. And it's um it's old. It's got to be at least yeah. 20 years old, I think. Um, but really good. It was it was it was it had a cascading effect where the direction of my life changed the moment I read that book, man. Really? Yeah, honestly. I, that's on my reading list. I want to read that one next. So. Definitely read it, man. Yeah. Some of it, like some of the think for example he he might talk about having fruit first thing in the morning mm -hmm. and i think he corrected himself subsequently from reading writing a book saying i did now disagree with my younger self i didn't yeah. know and i've got more knowledge and more science to say that perhaps that's not the most effective way to start your day yeah so there's some bits that might he might have changed his position on mm -hmm. to some degree unless he's done a new version but the underlying principle of getting your shit together i think it's a great book man taking action and but this unshakable is more more like investment yeah it? it's more investment but it's more having the un, uh, you, the unshakable mindset so when you're when there's a turmoil in the um economy when there's obviously a downturn financially you're not going to be you know you're not going to shit yourself basically and take all your money and, and run and hide and it's basically trying to get a mindset that is going right, I'm going to save money, the um, the economy's not going to collapse and I'm not going to, you know, run for the hills every time something happens because the media says, you know, um, Brexit or Trump and, and, and he's basically trying to say, you just need to have a long-term approach to your mindset and you just need to be unshakable. You need to not worry about all these things that are going wrong in the world and you need to save for your future, right? Um, yeah. I, I, I would I would say his other books. I think he's written two or three other books. Yeah, are probably better foundations prior to reading that mm -hmm. because you know the idea of investing money assumes one you've got it, mm -hmm. and two the other aspects of how you manage your personality and character are already yeah. in check to some degree. Yeah, you kind of need a solid base before you start yeah. throwing your money around. I'll or, give him. I'll give you. Know what I mean? And I think I think maybe because of that. You may, maybe you may be in, you may enjoy the this book you're currently reading more yeah. once you've developed a stronger relationship with him, yeah, and his underlying principles of uh, the six human needs of love and connection and yeah. certainty and uncertainty and all that kind of stuff. Is his stuff is fascinating, and when you see it face to face and you yeah. see his interventions, wow! Because yeah. you saw the you saw the documentary, his interventions are somewhat scheduled. They kind of know who they're going to call out, yeah. But his ability, that incredible. power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very, very inspired. It, it is fucking incredible, man. Yeah. His, his, um, 
like his he's got um this persona hasn't he that when someone's standing in front of him and they're just kind of like well he's got some energy and he's so real as well as a guy there was on have you watched the the documentary on netflix yeah i, I thought it was okay i mean uh, when, when you've seen him live everything pales in comparison yeah it was okay yeah it was and, when he they were doing backstage stuff and they were in the yeah. car with him and he was talking about what he's going to do next yeah and the schedule was insane, right? Yeah. He's got a 10-minute prep, and then he's straight on for like a three-hour, you know, owning the stage, getting off for 15 minutes, jumping on his trampoline and back on again. It's insane what he puts yeah. himself through, man. And, and, I mean, he's not young either. So no. the energy he has to do that. So in, in this book that I'm reading, um, he I don't know if he's opened up in other books about this, but he's got a brain tumour. Mm. Um, he's definitely got giganticism or something like that because he's yeah, massive hope, um, the growth hormone in his um, in his body is is a lot higher than most and that's that's why they... I assume but he actually says that does he yeah oh, I okay. think I think that's why he's he's big got guy massive I think so yeah. And, yeah because what's happened is he's got brain tumour and the doctor um, sent him a note saying um, you need to get in as soon as possible. And he kind of ignored it because he was he was on tour. So he was like, uh, he kind of ignored it. He's busy. He's flying around the world. But then he got another note and it was saying, no, it's urgent. You need to get in. So he was like, okay, I better get in. So he, he flew back and he went to see the doctor and they said, basically, you've got really high levels of growth hormone um, and I think you've got a brain tumor. So we need to get you in surgery straight away. And... Um, he said, well, how long have I had it? And I, th I can't remember how long exactly, but he's had it for years, most of his life, right? So he's like, well, I've had it most of my life. Um, and now you're why asking, is it urgent? Now, now, why should I go for operation? What do you mean I need an operation? What are the risks? And the doctor said, um, well, there's a chance that we could damage your endocrine system, which means you're going to be low on energy. And he's like, how can I be, and what I do, I inspire people and I change lives. How can I do that when I've got zero energy? And he's like, this isn't something I'm willing to sacrifice because I've been fine for years. And then he he went and seeked other people's advice. And um, again, some of them said, no, you don't need surgery, but you can try this drug. Again, what are the risks? Uh, you're going to have low level um, uh, low levels of energy. He's going, okay, I'm going to look elsewhere. And he's looking around. And he went, you know what? It's they they tested him again, and apparently it shrunk. But he could, you know, he could keel over and die at any point because of this. But he's like, you know what? I've had it for years. I'm fine. I'm going to get tested every few years. I've spoke to everyone I could have, and I've outweighed the the risk and reward. And the risk is it hasn't my limited his life or his capacity exactly. to give, right? And he's like, why should I risk that now? He goes, because mm. I could walk out and get by, hit by a truck tomorrow. And he's saying, you, we live in a world that's we have uncertainty in the world and we have to become unshakable in uncertainty. And that's kind of what the underlying principle is. You need to be unshakable mm. because nothing is certain. I don't, he goes, I don't know whether I'll, I'll die tomorrow because I got hit by a truck or because of my brain tumor. He goes, but I've learned to live with that uncertainty and thrive. Um, and that's kind of the underlying story has behind this book which is, is oh, it's, very it's similar to Jordan Peterson's uh, 12 rules for life where he talks about, yeah. You know, it's a it's a balance between order and chaos. Mm -hmm. Chaos is uncertainty. It's this unknown. You yeah. know, you know, the life life and nature operates in 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 a rhythm that's chaos. Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next. But if you can, you know, enjoy that uncertainty, which really is, um, it's surprise. Yeah, and enjoy surprise. Yeah, right. You know, 
I don't. Life isn't boring enough that I know exactly what's going to happen from minute to minute, from day to day to week to week. That, if it did, you, you'd want to kill yourself for that, that alone, boring, right? Where, yeah. where there's every day is Groundhog Day. Yeah. So knowing that life's going to throw you curveballs and it's going to be a different experience is what we thrive off. You yeah. just If you can really relish it, yeah. then as you say, you can take take it in your stride when things mm. come a little bit left field and say, what's this mean? What, how am I going to grow through this event? Yeah, I think it's incredibly important to work on your mindset with, when it comes to this because, I mean, I, I'm self-employed. So I, I going back to the, sort of the financial side of things again, I always worry about oh, Brexit and then what if there's a credit crunch and where am I going to, you know, where's my next kind of paycheck going to come from? And you worry about these things. Um, and the fact that you go actually uncomfortable with uncertainty and anything can happen because that's just life. That's what happens, right? Um I used to, cause I've got, I've, I've invested in, I've got money invested in certain things and I've always thought, oh, if, if there is a downturn, I'm going to want to take my money out. But he was saying that's, that's your emotions. Don't take your money out, leave it in there, ride it out. Yeah, but sometimes you make bad, bad financial decisions as well, right? So Basically, not every decision is a good financial one. No. And what, but what he's saying is like, it, it's, it's all, it's nothing to do with the money. It's all down to your emotion. He goes, cause when you invest, you want to let invest long term, right? Whether that's your health money. So if you're investing your money, you want to leave it in there. Um, if you're investing in like index funds for like 10, 20, 30, 40 years, he said, but what most people do is, um, take their money out of fear. The, the, the market crashes, they see their money drop by 50, 60, 70%, and they go, holy crap, I'm gonna take my money. And that that's your, your you running on emotions by what you see. It's, it is really and, hard though, man. And I think that it in is, life- It's like, hard to not do that. Yeah, it, so hard. Like, And, mm. and he's basically saying that carries over to everything in life, right? Like we, we act emotionally because of what's happening, but if we can get very grounded and confident and stick with the plan it will be all right mm. um yeah it's good man it, yeah and i just think so i'm gonna read his other book um because i mean he's always got uh, he's just he can change lives right you've met him and as i and say I, I, would, life, I would so. definitely look at um i would definitely look at his website and see what his um event schedule is again i don't know if only he he does something called um uh something like life mastery i think it's called or something like that oh and it's usually or business mastering it's normally right. a week and it's normally an exclusive location quite often in america uh or like florida where he lives uh you got so you've got to get over there you've got to pay for accommodation it's five six grand it's a big investment mm -hmm. ben coomba for example went to one of his events did he one of these kind one of things or, okay something like that um but the lower level tier, if he's still doing them, the unleashed mm. the power is more for general public, two to four, five hundred dollars, mm -hmm. three days. You know, stay in London if you want, but you don't have to. Um, and it's kind of weird because everyone, a lot of people that go there are keen keynotes. Like yeah, they've yeah. been there three or four times. They love everything about it. You know, they've they're embracing the kind of like connection aspect of it early. Whereas then you get the newbies, like when I went first. And you think you're going to a lecture. You've been to workshops, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Go to workshops. I've got, I've got my pen and paper. I sit down on my chair <laughs> and I'm going to take notes studiously. Be comfortable, yeah. But that is not this event. It gets <laughs> you writing stuff, but it's about, it wants you jumping up and down like as if you're at a rock concert. The first minute you walk through the door and I'm like, this is a bit fucking weird. <laughs> like, no, can you just tell me what I need to know? Yeah. And then he's got you 
give 10 people around you hugs and high fives. Like, oh, really? <laughs> and then like, yeah. go find someone who's not your next <laughs> next door neighbor and give them a really big hug for 20 seconds. I'm like, no, not How so much. How did you find it? And then like, okay, now find someone. This is like day one. Now go speak to Brilliant. someone next to you about something you're really, really struggling with and then walk through this three-part thing that you've already written. Yeah. And really be authentic and really listen and give feedback. Okay. And then he gets you doing these kind of mantra type spiritual things. And he gets you doing a lot of um, chants, mm -hmm. a lot of chants. Right. Which they're called something. I can't remember what they're called. Um, inca in incarnations? No. I forget what it's called, but it's it's, it's a, a mechanism of um, anchoring a feeling. So affirm like a affirmation. affirmation. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the, an idea of uh, anchoring uh, a current experience, a current feeling of like feeling on top of the world and saying something, doing something with your body to anchor that feeling. So then you can do the same thing with your body. And every time you do that same thing, like mm. beat your chest or clench your fist, you reignite that feeling you, you had yeah because he makes you do it like 200 times yeah so he gets you doing a power move like whatever your move is do it and every time you do it feel how remember what you feel like now mm -hmm. so we can bring it into your life whenever you need it yeah and he does stuff like that and it is, it is amazing it's tiring it's grueling they get you walking on hot coals um it's hard work Hang you on. feel they get you walking on hot coal literally yeah that's so random what, yeah, what's that yeah, and about? then that's that's like mind over matter. You can do this, kind of like own it. Does it and did you do it? Yeah. And does it burn? Or I've no, always no. wondered this. No, it doesn't. Not every day I meet someone that's walked over hot I, car. I, I can't. <laughs> I can't help but to think that it's not as hot as I think. But he says it is. It says it's legit. These are like white hot coals. But you know, if you've got your mind over matter and you walk the way he tells you to walk, you won't feel it. And you I don't didn't. Burn and your I feet. didn't feel you, it. You, no. you don't. No. Yeah, the idea is don't stand still on it like you've right. got to briskly walk over but the most important thing is you've got to own the path yeah and your head is it's more the headspace than it is the experience of touching them i don't know but anyway that is it's supposed to um punctuate everything he's teaching you about your mind is infinitely strong yeah anyway it was it's really cool and like his books are, are useful his videos online are cool you can get a couple of his dvds which are amazing mm-hmm but nothing is like being in his space because oh, but it's incredible, mate. Yeah. It's, um, I've never, I've never yet seen someone who can own a stage with that level of energy, comfort, compassion, and everyone feels like he's talking to them, and like he's comfortable to take questions and he's comfortable to do interventions where he hasn't planned, mm -hmm. and his ability to make you uncomfortable to get you comfortable. And it doesn't matter where you take the conversation, he's he's been there before and he knows how to handle it. Yeah. The confidence is just incredible. Uh, it's, I think it draws people in. And I, and he's, by what I've seen when I watched the documentary, he seems quite, he's very real. He, he does this, he lives it. And it's not like he just jumps on stage and puts on an act. It's I no think longer money-making for yeah, him. It, I, don't, I mean, I, he's got enough money. He could stop. He could have stopped 20 years ago. That's the thing, yeah. yeah. Like he with this book, 100% of the money goes to feeding people. It's nothing to do with... It's literally, he's doing it to help people. Mm. And that is it. And that's just amazing. He's got a so purpose, man. And it he's, makes he's... you want to buy stuff from him and follow him, doesn't it? 100%. Talking about that then. So um, being an entrepreneur is is a, you know, a, an overused term at the moment, right? Especially 
on Instagram, like the amount of people that either claim to be an an entrepreneur or the amount of guidance to quote unquote lost youngsters that are are seeking either some faith or some instruction on how to live their life. So whether it be Gary Vee or, um, you know, some of these other fairly influential speakers on the internet at the moment. How do you feel about the really young ones? Like, you know, the, the you know, 21 year olds telling you how to run your life. Well, it's that same thing, isn't it? You think you know the world at that age. So me and you probably could have sat there and given life advice at 21 thinking we were right. But looking back in hindsight, you kind of go, I'm so glad I didn't because I wouldn't have known what I was talking about because you, you, you know, you get to your thirties, I'm nearly 30 now. Um, and I'm thinking I still got so much to learn and I've learned so much in the last 10 years. So imagine I was life coaching, trying to life coach at the age of 20, 21. It just doesn't seem, seem like it's just not right. It doesn't, it It doesn't seem right. But then do you, are you more in applause or, um, judgment for, for the, for the people that, you know, They've got balls to do what they do, right? So I, I'm not going to name any names because it's not about, you know, calling anyone out. But there, there's, you know, some young ladies that call themselves, you know, life coaches, you know, um, brand coaches, entrepreneurs mm-hmm. that, you know, their experience with the world thus far has been vlogs and Instagram posts. And as a result of that, maybe they're putting a couple of courses together and they're like, you know, Come to me and I'll I'll help you understand how to be both self-employed, a really successful entrepreneur, own your brand and like own own the world. And by the way, you don't need to work and stop working for someone else's. You know, mm. you're, you're wasting your spirit and your energy. And they're like twenty. And part of me is like, you've got an insane amount of followers. Mm-hmm. That's good. You've found a way to fuel economically your life yeah in a way which is sustainable it may or may not be massive i don't know i don't know the some of the metrics for these people but some of them are going to be doing better than others but they've done a great job of connecting with people Mm -hmm. and therefore that's why they have followers so they're doing a bunch of stuff really well in today's world of connecting right they've worked the system Mm. i just i don't feel comfortable with them telling me how to run my life at 21 Mm. but they're not claiming necessarily to have solved every problem and experienced everything. But I just know I couldn't have been very effective at 21. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I think I think it all boils down to what their advice that what the the advice they're given. Um some of them might be given actually sound advice despite their age, right? If they're given really <laughs> good advice and you think okay, actually, they've got some merit here. They're actually saying something or some substance that's actually going to help some people. But you do have to be careful. Because some of the advice is sound. Yeah. I, read, I read, you know, I read some of it because I follow some of these people. And yeah. some of the advice is, yeah, I mean, I'm, mm. I think most, for the most part, they're right. Pretty pretty good, yeah. right? The, the, <coughs> I think the problem is, is, is that when you have a big following, you've now got a big influence over people. And that's when you have a responsibility to to guide people and influence people in the right way and spread them the right message um that's the only thing that you you may worry about when they're young is that they might be <coughs> spreading 
spreading some sort of message that 10 years down the line, they're going to go, why the fuck did I say that? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Why did I tell 30,000 people to go and do that? Because they were following me. Um, they're listening to every word I'm saying, and I've mm -hmm. just given them that advice, which could be life-changing to some people. Sometimes it's just the little things you say in life to someone that someone could recall and, and say it back to you in 10 years time. Like you said this and this changed my life. So do right? you, so where, where do you sit? Where do you sit? Do you, do you, are you frustrated, pissed off, angry, or are you no, like I, in, in a, are you applauding and in awe of what they've achieved at their, their young age? Where do you sit? Do you, do you I'm, sit like when, when you flick through your Instagram and, whether you follow these people or not, do you dismiss these people by and large, or do you think actually I can learn something from them? Or they're I, tr I, mean, I try I try to not dismiss them because I don't want to be age biased. But um, if they have got some good advice, and I so I will think okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen and see what they say. You know, give them a chance, listen to them, see what they say. I think if you're if you're grounded enough and you've gone through the experiences of life yourself and you're at a certain age, I think you can kind of make a judgment as to whether what they're saying is got some merit or not. So you can kind of go, am I going to actually use that information or am I going to disregard it? Right. Um, so I think make your own, I, I usually like to make my own judgment on the advice that's given despite their age. But I do also think for them that they, would be better off waiting until they're 30 before starting up a life coaching business or even if they're just doing it for free on Instagram. I do think that they should mm. wait until they're 30 so they don't don't say stuff that they may regret. Like Tony Robbins writing that book and you said he's giving out advice on or, or he says that he has fruit every you know for breakfast. Obviously, science has changed there, but he's now gone, oh, you know, what I said isn't right. I've obviously science has changed and actually, I think this is what you should do. Have, you know, it's what you should have for breakfast because what you may say 10 years down the line might be different, whether that's because of science, whether that's because of how yeah. you think, whether that's um, because of the way, you know, it might be financial. And I just think you need to, you need to be in, in the game for the long run before actually giving advice. Yeah. And it's, hard, feel, it, it's hard to tell, it's hard to tell a young person that they don't know a lot in comparison to what they will know when they're 30, for example. Mm -hmm. And I, I can speak from experience and, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I know a lot of people, all of which feel that, you know, it things have only started to click in their 30s. They've started to really understand themselves through enough life experience, through enough mm -hmm. failure and mistakes. You know, they're, they've become more humble. They've become a little bit more pragmatic. Their ego is shrunk down so then they can really get to hear their spirit yeah. you know that kind of stuff doesn't normally like click click in the 2020s exploratory you know trying to work out who you are mm. you know you're barely just you know no longer a teenager right so yeah. it's still so fresh every experience mostly is new um you don't really know yourself at 20 and i know that sounds for some people who might be 20 22 24 might go i know myself steve i'm i do know myself and Maybe you did know yourself more than me at 23 or 24. Yeah. But I can guarantee you by the time you're 30 or 35, your experience of yourself, mm. of others, your empathy, your compassion, your appreciation for things changes. It just does because there's a mellowness and a wisdom and a clarity that starts to form after you've um, 
like that, just think just think like just through dumb the, shit yeah 20s. just think about the kind of natural life but, cycle like you know guys testosterone you know yeah. peaks and peaks and peaks 25 26 27 then yeah. starts dropping why because that's the cycle of life at the point that you know nature's defined that you should have already procreated yeah yeah there is a slow decline in those hormones that drive you to be aggressive and risk takers and yeah. they mellow you out mm -hmm. so if you just think about just the hormonal changes that people go through it is fairly significant at 30 and i think yeah. then you become slightly more cerebral yeah you become a little bit more aware uh spatially and around about others and i don't know for me personally i feel that I'm in a much better place to advise now than I was at 20. That being said, I gave advice to my younger brother when I was 22, 23, 24. And that advice was relevant. But it was relevant to be a 24-year-old when you're 16. Yeah. That's because you know you're, I mean? yeah, you're telling someone younger that hasn't yet gone through like, the years This is you've how you could get to where I'm at at 25 by the time you're 20. Yeah. If you followed this advice and do the things that I only learned when I was 23... Like if you could do that now, then you'll you'll get to where I'm at faster. Yeah. So there's absolutely benefit of saying, I'm five steps ahead of you. Let me tell you what I've learned. The bit that I don't like, that I think whether it's the way they do it or their own self-importance or self-confidence uh, self is that there's a sense that they know everything at 21. No, yeah. you just know how to be a 21-year-old successfully. <laughs> well done. Help 16-year-olds be a great person. 21 year old at yeah, 18 yeah, yeah. yeah but don't tell them how to be a good 30 year old or a 40 year old and i know we should not be age biased but age brings wisdom experience mm. new new things life ups and downs you have life events that can change your life yeah you know like whether it be divorce or whether it be marriage or whether it be you know a breakup or someone dies or something horrific you know, those kind of things come in you mm. know through time and when you're brand new you know you haven't had any haven't had much in the way of scars and therefore scar tissue learned experiences yeah do, do you understand yeah, the point uh, i'm coming from no i think that's a great point actually because you're coming at it from the angle of well maybe we should be listening to people that are like you said five steps ahead of us so actually should we listen to people that are older than us and that have gone through their their 20s and someone that's gone through their 30s and someone that's gone through their 40s because they've been there and they've done it but then there's, maybe, a, there's the rele relevancy factor like then, a 65 year old you would assume is much more wise than a 30 year old however yeah a 65 year old lived when they were 30 yeah. 35 years ago and the world is very different yeah. within that 35 years so they can tell me how to work and operate within the world today yeah with instagram internet you know social media you know business online business you know all that kind of stuff they're no longer relevant yeah so i think you I think you can always get wisdom and guidance from anyone of any age but i think the the further away they are from your life the more philosophical it becomes it's more yeah. around be a good person treat people well have a passion help the world go after yeah. go after what you really care about that you can get from any age yeah and i think the older probably the wiser because they've learned more lessons yeah but when it comes to how to operate within this current modern society you need people that are closer to you closer to your age but yeah. still have lived enough to have made enough mistakes yeah and some of these youngsters they have not made a mistake yet they're 21 and for the best, for the most part, everything has worked out, and therefore they think their shit doesn't stink. And let me tell you how to be like me. Yeah, yeah. When in actual fact, you haven't undergone hardship. You've not fucked up yet. 
that's when you're going to really learn. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think that one of the things, right, is that we're this era right now, we're, we're in such a good, um, this generation is is so good right because of like the internet we it's never been better it's never been easier to like start your own business or push yourself as a uh, as a brand um and i think a lot of these life coaches have experienced this this sort of upturn if you would um so they go right i'm successful i'm earning loads of money i've got loads of followers yes but don't forget also right now is the good times what happens when there's a downturn it's not quite so easy then. So like you say, they they, ha they haven't lived through the hardships and their shit doesn't stink because they've only lived, lived through the good times. And it's like, I'm good at business. I'm good at life because I'm doing really well. I'm earning loads of money. I've got all these followers. Where actually you're living in a, in a generation to, to be an entrepreneur and live life well. There's a lot of um, opportunity right now. So you're living in a time that's really good and it's never been easier to do that. But when there's yeah. hardship, it's, it's still difficult. But yeah, it's, when it, it's more it's still difficult. But it's it's, more there's a lot more opportunity now yeah. than there ever has been. Yeah. Um, and I think we're living in such a good time. But then because of that, everyone's thinking that they're the dog's bollocks and thinking, yeah, I've got it. Actually, and that, that when the you, hardships, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. It's it's a, a level of arrogance and self-confidence I'm, I'm all, all for self-confidence but when you get this sense of i know it i know the formula mm. you don't know the formula you, you, <laughs> you don't you don't know how you don't know how to be infinitely happy infinitely given have as much money to fulfill everything that you need to do you can't call yourself a business person like you can't put yourself in the same league of a Bezos or mm. or a you know a, a Richard Branson yep. because you're running a tiny little Instagram operation that might be earning you enough just to you know fulfill your current life expectations. Yeah, don't call yourself a business person. Okay, you've found a way to be self-employed and accrue an income that satisfies your current needs. But uh, you know when I think business person, I think operations. I think you know P and L. I think about yeah. you know you know staff and leadership and you know, there's, there's there's a massive chasm. And again, I'm not trying to knock people that have aspirations no, no, and they want to get not. out there and, yeah. and do their own thing early. There's just, it just needs to be balanced with a, like if, if these guys said, okay, look, I'm 22 years old. I've gone, I've, you know, I've pushed myself into hard challenges. I've come out the other end. I feel that I feel really good about the progress I'm making at mm -hmm. 22 and I've, I've achieved X, Y, and Z. And uh, you're 15 or you're 20, and I'd love to share with you what I've done in the spirit of you being able to accelerate to a similar or greater place than I'm at right now. Yeah, I don't know it all. Um, I'm aware that when I'm 30, I'm going to know so much more. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't gone through too many hard times, all that kind of stuff. But if I, what I want to give you is what I've learned so far, but please understand, I'm doing it authentically, knowing that I st I still know I. I know so little. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. if if I got that vibe of I know so little, but what I do know I think is worth you knowing, I would I would appreciate and respect that more. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I think it's it's being aware, isn't it? Self-aware. So I'll put you on the spot here then. So 
what what advice do you think you've learned through your life at your age? So how old are you now? So you're 37. 37. What's one of the biggest life lessons that you think you've learned that you would probably pass on to someone else that's younger than you? Because I think the lessons yeah. we learn in life are the, the lessons we learn through ourselves. We listen and take advice from other people, but I think really it's it's the stuff that we do wrong ourselves. That's where we really learn. Um I mean, there are so many things that I would tell my younger self, and I'm kind of doing it through my kids right now. Um, one of the things I think is incredibly important um, is empathy. Yeah. Not sympathy or pity, but empathy. Mm -hmm. Because connection really is everything. Um, if And it's, it's a skill that I, one, didn't understand, didn't harness, didn't, prioritize at all in my life so okay. it took me a really long time to get truly empathetic i could mm -hmm. connect yeah but it was tra transactional and most people felt that through me and i think if you can be truly empathetic i i want my kids to be the best they possibly can but i wanted them to do it without ego mm -hmm. yeah i want them to compete against themselves i want them to find their passion like why are they alive like what's their purpose as quickly as possible but let's not expect them to find that eight, but ask the question. <laughs> Maybe nine. But like my younger daughter, she's naturally gifted. She's just, she, and I'm not saying that as a just overly proud dad. She's, everything she touch touches, she's always good first time. Right. Now, but to be great requires lots of hard work, determination, commitment, belief, all that kind of stuff. But she, the first time she picks up anything, she's better than most people. So as a result, she's got a gift to mm -hmm. be able to go in any direction she wants because whether it's swimming or quad biking or playing piano or any academic thing, whether it's speaking, she just keeps getting praise yeah. left, right and center because she's naturally able to pick up things quickly. And for a lot of kids, that's going to create distance, yeah. um, frustration. People start to dislike her if she does, if she deals with it in a way which is about ego. Yeah. Yeah. Look at me. Look at the praise I've got. You should be happy for me because look how great I'm doing. No, yeah. people don't. People don't get happy for you when they feel inferior. Yeah. So I want my kids to be the best they can. I want them to love the journey of development and like yeah. being better every day. I want them to follow their passion, mm -hmm. but I want them to do it with empathy. Yeah, so yeah. they are aware of the people around them because yeah. if they can authentically connect with people that may be inferior to them mm -hmm. and do it in a way which lifts their spirits. Yeah. That for me, I think like if my kids can get that, at, you know, their ages now in the next couple of years, they will have so much opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that's something that I could have, I could have progressed so much more in life. If I looked through the lens of other people, if I looked through their eyes, mm -hmm. if I tried to be authentically in their shoes, yeah. Like, to understand understand some them. people are souls in yeah. the moment but there are souls because that in that moment that's all the tools they have available mm -hmm. and they're in a bad place yeah and instead of me thinking i hate you i don't want to know you i want to i want to ruin you like why do you feel the need to come at me like that yeah instead of me feeling like i'm gonna attack let me try and understand you yeah and that i think is a skill that i'd love my kids to to develop so in in answer i would say empathy but it's it's combined yeah. with everything else right yeah, yeah, i want yeah. all the other stuff but i think that skill is probably going to 
payback so much more than anything else for my two girls right now yeah yeah i think that's a good point i think it's because it's a level of understanding and and it stops you from like you say reacting to certain things or certain people well certain people um just because because they're pissed off you're trying to actually understand why they're pissed off or why are they not achieving why are they not achieving what they've set out to achieve and don't just, come from judgment yeah or hate trying to or, understand or yeah. attack come from a place of empathy care let me understand you. Yeah. And I would, I would just, I could imagine, I close my eyes and imagine my kids in a couple of years' time where they've started to grasp those concepts mm -hmm. and they're, they're, they're thinking about how can I lift this person up around me because right now they're in my shadow. Yeah. I'm really good at this. They're not. And they're feeling a little bit down. Yeah. Or they're snapping at me today. Instead of going, I'm just going to give them a wide berth until they're, they've calmed down. Mm. Maybe that's the right thing to do. Maybe yep. the right, other right thing to do is just to authentically give them some praise, you know, appreciate them and let them feel it. Yeah, yeah. You know, ask them authentically. I see that, you know, you're struggling today. Do you want to talk about it? Like, I'd love my kids to do that at their age yeah. to show that maturity would be amazing for them. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty awesome. I think, um, I think for me, like the thing that I've, cause I think the thing that I've learned most is, is, self-awareness i think self-awareness is another one as well and it kind of ties into being empathetic because you're you're being aware of of your emotions and, and you're trying to understand the people around you so you're you've got this self-awareness right um and i think it's incredibly important to to have this self-awareness and go am i happy why am i doing the things that i'm doing um i think you're very good at this because you ask you ask yourself a lot of questions don't you you always you always ask yourself mm. well hang on why why am i training this way or why am i doing this with my business like does it actually make sense and you're 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 aware of what your strengths and your weaknesses are and having this awareness is is so critical i think um for just for living a happier healthier life because a lot or myself, I, I've done things in the past where I've, I've not really thought about why I'm doing it and I'm not very aware that I'm doing it. So it means I'm, I'm just habitually running through the motions and could be like eating junk food and I'm just unaware and I'm going through the motions in the gym and I'm just, again, unaware. I'm not asking myself questions. I'm not thinking about it. Um, and then taking that approach to life as well, like with being empathetic, am I aware of, of the people around me and how am I affecting them? What, what are my actions doing and how is other, how are other people reacting to that? Yeah. It's have, it's having a, a broader and more expansive view yeah, yeah. of both internal and external. Yeah. But it's, I, I would say like, if, if, if I'm honest, I'm, I am a highly inquisitive person. <laughs> that isn't. You do like to ask questions. That, that, but that isn't Bryn. That isn't everyone, right? I yeah. know that there there are different types of people that operate in different ways. Like my wife doesn't ask as many questions, like of yeah. herself, yeah. me, of anyone else. It's and that's not a bad thing. It's no, not. It's, she's not less smart. She's just like less curious. Or less aware. She's less curious. It's just, yeah, yeah. It's like I don't need to know. I don't need to know any. And as a result. I can sometimes complicate really simple matters. Like someone can explain something to me and I'm like, I don't get it. Mm. I don't get it. Explain it again. Like, cause I'm trying to look for something really complicated when yeah, it was so I've fucking noticed. simple. Yeah, and yeah. Michelle's like, are you shitting me? You don't <laughs> understand what they're saying. It's like this, do this, this, and this, but why? No, not why. Just do it. Are you better at breaking complex things down then? 
over simple things. So if yes. there's something complex, yeah, yeah, yeah. you like, I M- know Michelle, why that's Michelle complex can pick because up I can see a why simple instruction and key off of it much yeah. easier than I can. I I will force it to be a longer conversation and I will struggle with a concept for a while and then all of a sudden it'll click and go, oh yeah, it was really obvious. Yeah, yeah. I've I've noticed I've noticed that actually with you like with podcasts, like you like well it would just be a simple conversation which you would like like this you, one for example you love to like move it into this <laughs> complex sort of really analytical where you, you really think about it and and there's got to be the why behind everything which isn't wrong that's just the way you work right yeah um but yeah and it's, and, and it's it's challenging and fatiguing not only for me but people around me yeah because it means there's always a demand or always a cerebral demand from me and everyone around me like like i, I, I can fuck around i can be I can goof out and do silly things. It doesn't it's not always serious, but mm. it tend every conversation tends to be deeper. Yeah. Because I want to know why. Yeah. Like, okay, I know you enjoy that, but why? Well, I just do. Yeah, but why? <laughs> and it, there's always a why. And my mum, my mum would always my mum and my my mum's brothers, my uncles would say the same thing, like Steve. You Stop were you were why. really <laughs> annoying as a kid because you just always used to ask, but why, but why, but why? And I think it's a, a skill. Do you, that I, do you think you piss people off with it then? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> because I remember when being in all my like um, corporate gigs. Yeah. And in every meeting, people be like, I hope Steve doesn't ask any <laughs> questions. Because I know if he does, he'll ask one and then he'll ask a follow-up question. Other questions. And then and then he'll get to the end of the meeting and go, guys, any more questions? And everyone's hoping that the, the meeting's going to end now <laughs> because everyone's going to keep silent and just like, you know. But I want value from this meeting. I'm like, no, there's stuff that hasn't been said that yeah. needs to be said or questions that people need to get their head around. And I'm more than comfortable to ask the question. Yeah, yeah. And then everyone's like, oh, shit, he's adding another 15 <laughs> minutes onto this meeting now. Yeah, yeah. And it happens all the time. So I know it's very fatiguing for people around me that aren't as naturally curious as I am. Yeah. Um, sorry. What is that? You're just, trying to, you're just <laughs> trying to get the answers, aren't you? So with the meeting, you're trying to walk out with all the answers. You're like, I'm not leaving this room until but I know exactly why. sometimes, you know, there's, there's diminishing returns. Yeah. Sometimes you could have gone sufficiently informed in 20 minutes but i'd rather carry the, the conversation on for an hour because there might be some extra goodness sometimes you go down the rabbit hole too far and everyone's yeah. just discombobulated well, but they leave them it's a bit like our podcast God, right yeah exactly yeah <laughs> um okay well listen i i it kind of went a little different to yep. the way we thought with this conversation going but i, I liked it yeah and uh, i don't think we should cover off anything else right now let's yep. leave it there was there any 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 final thoughts that you have as it relates to uh, kind of this conversation of mm-hmm. self development? Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you're working on in terms of your headspace that we can close on? Uh, I mean, for me right now, because obviously we're talking about life lessons and stuff. For me, it's trying to figure out what my core principles, my core values are, um, and trying to live live by them um the reason i say that is because otherwise uh, what i can't do you know what the saying is it's the man that lives by principle um uh, the man that lives by methods because there's methods there's many methods to do something but there's only one principle right Mm -hmm. see you've got the principle and then you've got the methods which can be many in order to achieve that principle and when i heard that i was like 
yeah, I, I think I just use too many methods, but I don't actually know what the principle, what I'm trying to do or achieve is. And I just need to figure out what those core principles are so that I can live by them. And then I can choose my methods in order to succeed at that. I and think I th- that's, that's quite deep, man. Yeah, and I think, like, I know it's pretty deep, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you bring it out of me, man. But it, it, but it, that's kind of what I'm working on. You asked question. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm working on at the moment, just trying to really figure out exactly what those principles are. And yeah, so I don't end up just floating around just doing random stuff throughout my days. And and I, I would say don't, don't feel um, impatient yeah. or, or, or the need to... Have figured it all out because that it, it take a long time. It is it is an evolving, mm. evolving thing in your life, right? Yeah. You, your principles are somewhat grounded already. Like your ethics, morality, and values already been determined. Yeah, right. They've been determined many many years ago when you was a youngster. Kind of built. You know you. your moral value, yeah. your moral compass, and your you know ethics in which you operate your life. They they would have been given to you via nurture. And defined via your social circle, you know, pre ten years old, for the most part, certain things that you won't do or will do, yep. or live by or won't live by, as a result of those early lessons as a child. That being said, you don't fully understand them, and you haven't questioned them. No, and you can adapt you them, just live and, by them and and mold them in something yep. di- slightly different. But at its core, it's hard to break things that you really believe in that yeah. you've held for all your life. Yeah someone like Tony Robbins can help you unwind that. Yeah. But for the me- best part, understanding who you are mm. without trying to change it is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, I find personally, you know, the reading, reading yeah. and podcast for me has been so liberating, man, because there's so many books out there mm. and there's so many books that aren't always in the self-development, you know, area. Mm-hmm. You know, autobiographies are an incredible way to get an insight into how to operate your life by taking some lessons learned or some principles yeah. that others follow. Like for example, I'm reading, you know, it's a bit left field. I'm reading Nelson Mandela's uh, book, uh, The Long Walk to Freedom. It's 4,000 pages on the iPhone. It's pretty bloody big. Yeah. And I've been reading it every morning and a little bit in the night. How are you finding it? And it's good. It's yeah. great. I mean, it's it's historical. It's, you know, talking about, you know, the oppression in South Africa and apartheid and like his, you know, freedom fighter pursuit and mm-hmm. his noble pursuit of mm. being both empathetic and yeah. caring for the people around them to give them a better life and understanding his struggles in a, you know, very much a third world way of being brought up for most of his life Yeah, is great. And I'm reading it not because I'm just curious about history. I'm reading it more so because he's you know, he's chalked up as one of the greatest men, mm. right? And I just love to understand how he thinks more yeah. because there might be one or two things that, okay, we're different people. We've yeah. lived very different lives. But within, you know, he's, it was 100 years old today. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's dead. But, you know, his 100th year birthday was today. And um, Happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> but within that time, he's he's picked up some incredible lessons. He's yeah, yeah. seen some great things. He's been oh, through yeah, um, yeah. incredible hardships mm. and um, racism and um, unfairness. But through it, he created some something truly incredible for the people around him. And he's unshakable. There you go, man. <laughs> it, absolutely. And yeah. I just think you know, reading is 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 a mechanism to better know yourself. Yeah. 
See, I, 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 you love reading. You, you're quite, I'd say, um, you're quite a quick reader because sometimes you no. said, oh, I've read this book and you, you only take like I'm not a week quick. I just, I'm, I'm starting to offer, offer up more time to reading, which means I get through books quicker, but I'm right. not fast. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I take forever to read books. I, I'm now using Audible. Um, oh, are you? I'm, yeah. So I'm, I'm just, thinking of doing that. Yeah. Because it's kind of like podcasts. You're on the move. You can listen to it. Um, but I think you're right. Reading books or listening to books is great. I'm listening to. Uh, Richard Branson's uh, Finding My Virginity. Um, and I think that's, again, it's just, it's just a very inspiring... I, I haven't actually established what his ethos or his underlying sort of uh, story is with with this, but I think um, it's quite an inspiring book to listen to. Um, obviously, it tells you the journey of his life, and he's lived an incredible life so far. Um, and I think many of us would like to live like Richard Branson because who doesn't want to live on Necker Island? <laughs> and, you know, last point from me, man, on this is um, I, I sign up to The Hustle after your recommendation. Yeah. And one of their one of their uh, emails they sent through a few days ago was on introvert leadership. Right. And how, you know, there's this assumption that if you're, you know, you need to be an extrovert to lead. Mm-hmm. And there's, there are definitely extrovert leaders, but some of the, the most, um, successful leaders mm. are introverts. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Warren Buffett, yeah. Richard Branson, uh, Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg. Tony Robbins isn't. <laughs> he is not an introvert, no. <laughs> no. And there was a definition of introvert versus extrovert. And right. um, I I was like 100%. Like out of the 10 attributes, they're all me. All me. Yet it's funny because you know, like people who connect with me yeah, uh, and like I would connect with others or see others, you'd say, okay, that person's socially confident, therefore they must be an extrovert. But for me, the definition is simply this, is communicating with people work or is it a place where you go for comfort and it's mm. work for me? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I've, And because I'm a questioner, that means I've got to be alone to think. Yeah. So I, I enjoy that space to mm-hmm. think and work things out for myself. I get more power being alone. It's restorative to be alone. Yeah. And when I'm connecting with people, I love connecting, but it's work. It's effort. Yeah. It's uh, not that, I mean, it's not that you don't like being around people, right? It's no, just, no, of course. It's just, no, it, it takes, no, no, no. I'm, takes I'm a not bit more reclusive. from you. It just is like, for example, if you go to a party, you go, one to one, I can I can engage forever. Mm-hmm. You put me at a party and there's like hundreds of people, and you're on a table with ten people, and I don't know any of them. Mm-hmm. It's effort, man. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of effort. Yeah. And like, I'll get, I'll, I'll come off the back of that, and I'll just be exhausted. Like, you know, that creativity to think of what to say to people yeah. and be interested in things you don't want to listen to. You know, because a lot of people are boring, or or, or because you haven't <laughs> warmed them up yet, they're not offering you up anything you actually yeah, yeah. want to talk about. Just small talk. And I just find like. That's hard. Whereas I know people, like the people in my social circle who are clearly extroverts. They're the kind of people, like they go to all the kids' birthdays, like guys, they go mm. to all the kids' birthdays when they don't need to. Yeah. And they're social butterflies. They're talking to all the ladies about just nonsense. And, and they don't, they've got loads of friends and yeah. they're easy to talk to. And, you know, their names, you know, it's it's easy to remember these people because they're just always engaged in conversation. And they can just float around from person yeah, to and person. Yeah, talk about anything no and problem. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not that person, man. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit more fatiguing for you to be in a social situation. You confront me with a new person. Yeah. And if it's not because I need to talk about something I've already predetermined, mm-hmm. like 
I'm here to sell you something or talk about something you've come to. And we're just two complete strangers bumping into each other without a common cause, like we're at an event or something. Yeah. Yeah, I can find it a little bit hard work yeah, to yeah. initiate a conversation that's going to keep them both both interested. It's a bit more uh, complex than we we think when it comes to being an extrovert or an, in, or an introvert because I always thought of you as um, an extrovert. I thought you're very confident and you can you know pu- speak publicly and have no issues with that. All the people at work but, would say the same thing because exactly. you know very successful salesperson own any meeting. Yeah, but that's just I'm I'm good at doing what I need to do. Yeah, doesn't and mean then, it isn't it, it, it's it's fatiguing every time though. Yeah, it? exactly. And I think it's a misconception because we would usually just think of someone someone that's an introvert would be very quiet, very shy. Where actually you're you're the opposite. You're not quiet or shy, but you are still an introvert. It's just when you look closer in, then you start to actually unpick it and understand what a true introvert actually is. Richard Branson is. Have you ever seen him on interviews? No, so uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> so uncomfortable because why is that? Just because he's not socially confident. Yeah, he's now he's done a lot of PR stunts because he's understood he needs attention and needs and the best way to get attention is free stuff. If he does something silly, he's done some crazy stuff, or it's crazy stuff, or do air balloons yeah. stunts, he's going to get PR for his business. So yeah. he's always done loads of crazy stuff, loads of weird kind of PR stunts. But as a, um, he's not he's not a natural communicator. No. In 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 terms of the person who can, you know, he's not like a Tony Robbins, right? No. Like who can just empower you through his voice and his tone and how he comes across and mm. be that social um, gymnast to yeah. handle any situation. No, I've seen him in interviews and it's uncomfortable. Mm. I'm not taking anything away from the guy because he's incredible yeah, yeah. and he's very empath- empathetic. Very. Yeah. He's a philanthropist. He's done incredible things for the world. Yeah. He sees that's his purpose and people love him under his leadership and he can clearly lead because mm. he's great and he created enormous successful businesses. But he's not an extrovert in any way, shape or form. Yeah. And I just think you, you find the more you poke around successful business and yeah. successful leaders, more of them, I think proportionately are introverts than extroverts because it does require deep thinking and consideration yeah. and thoughtfulness and some deliberate effort around how you engage. Another thing that they say around introverts is introverts need to prepare their speeches. Extroverts can just go out there and talk yeah just and i know i need added, i yeah. need a level of pre- preparation yeah now i can talk about anything and er- anything but if there's if there's if there's high stakes mm-hmm. and i've got five ten minutes to get my point across and i've known about it for a, a few days or a weeks or months i'm not just going to just see what happens yeah i can't i can't get it's just not not me yeah, yeah to go i know roughly where it's going to go let's just do this because some people can just like tony I obviously tony robbins oh, prepares, yeah, but yeah. i bet he could just go on but stage he knows just... everything already yeah. inside out so yeah, there's yeah. that's kind of been taken away but he's an extrovert so yeah he's just comfortable in his own he skin being in stage and just perform yeah Oh, um, anyway, this was a really good conversation. Yeah, Thank you for the kind of the the bobbing and weaving around yeah. something a little bit more philosophical. But we didn't get any of our questions done. We but, didn't get hey, it. But, makes hey, for a good listen. There's next time, man. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Alrighty. Listen, um, guys, you know that Adaptation is all about providing you with the tools and expert knowledge to help you improve and optimize your strength, health, and mindset inside and out. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. 
If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. This is Adapt Nation.